When Kim Sutton agreed to podcast with me about her little slice of heaven near Ragusa, Sicily, I had no idea we were talking about easy connections to the entire Mediterranean and beyond, or that she would completely open my eyes to southern Sicily's labyrinth of railways and ferries. Santa Croce Marina, population 10,979 as of January 2023, according to ISTAT, is situated right near the bustling Marina di Ragusa, where the world comes to port. It just goes to show that Italy's 7% flat tax qualifying towns can offer you so much more than what you'd expect. Join us for episode 11 of Affordable Italy, Living La Dolce Vita on a Bootstring. Ciao! If expatriation and immigration are on your mind, You've looked at Italy and wondered, is it possible? I did. In 2019, I was certain we could do it. In 2020, the world changed. And due to our reaction to it, our situation changed as well. I was no longer certain that Italy was within our reach. Plus, rumors about taxes and visas had me both confused and worried. Thanks to my favorite podcast, Retire There with Gil and Jean, and a bevy of generous immigrants who've gone before as well as a personality that tends to doggedly seek to turn lemons to limoncello, my dream was rekindled. I decided to get my questions answered directly from first-person sources already experiencing affordable Italy, living La Dolce Vita on a bootstring. Join me as we explore with expats and experts if a future in Italy could be on your horizon. Kim Sutton was born and grew up in the Yorkshire, Nottinghamshire area of England. She met her husband, Jonathan, at school. They both worked in the craft industry with a retail shop and a factory manufacturing templates for card making. In 2009, they took up sailing and realized that their goal was to sail their own boat in the Mediterranean. In 2017, they achieved that goal and winterized their boat in Marina di Ragusa, Sicily. Because of their British citizenship, they were at that time a part of the European Union and could freely move between England and Italy without needing to worry about the 90-day limits for non-EU citizens. They fell in love with the locals, the climate, and the area, a story we've heard before, and they've kept their boat there ever since. Brexit, unfortunately, then occurred, and they had to make a quick decision. As they rent UK property for passive income, they were able to apply for the elective residence visa in 2020 and got it. The local police actually came to their boat to verify residency and accepted them, although apparently this is no longer something that's allowed. They had retired early and wanted to be rural but not isolated, as well as near the marina. Someone on a Facebook group told them about the 7% flat tax regime being offered in southern Italian regions, which includes Sicily, which was highly attractive to them. They wanted a 7% town. So they purchased their home with three days to spare as they needed to have bought into a 7% town during their first full tax year in Italy. And boy, that was cutting it close. (laughs) Kim still enjoys crafts, particularly painting and sewing, and she sometimes arranges small gatherings to paint watercolors. Their house in Santa Croce Camarina, Sicily, is 1.24 miles from the sea, 2.8 miles from the resort of Marina di Ragusa, and 12.4 miles from the city of Ragusa. All their goals were met in Santa Croce Camarina. It oddly sits right in the middle of rather expensive areas, but their house was not. Win-win and location, location, location. Currently, you can find them sailing from late April to October, or for the other six months, at the marina and their little house. They ensure they are at the house for over six months of each year and sail Italian waters for at least another month before they ever cross over other borders. Kim says they're living their best lives. Welcome, Kim. I know you just got home from that six-month stint on the water, so I assume you've got plenty to do, and I really appreciate you taking time with me here. Hi, Nancy. It's really lovely to speak with you this evening. I'm very glad to share whatever I can. Yes, we've had an absolutely amazing season. We actually went to Venice this year as well. Oh my goodness, so it's been amazing. Yes, it is a long sail, but uh, (laughs) yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. So Venice, all along the the east coast of Italy, around the boot of Italy and back to Sicily. We took in Croatia and Montenegro as well, but we did extra Italian waters this year. It was wonderful. Oh, that sounds amazing, like a dream. Oh my goodness. Really cool. Well, share a little bit with us, if you would, a little bit more about your transition from England to Italy. Okay, well, it did actually happen more by accident. um, And the matter of timing was the most important thing, as you've already explained. We decided that there's no way we wanted to go back to the UK. And we certainly wanted to settle. It's always been my dream to settle in the overseas. I didn't Mm. know where. 
I've got to perfectly put my hands up. I had no idea where I wanted to be. But having arrived in Sicily and being so warmly welcomed by all the locals, finding a place where there are many English-speaking people who change every year because of the sailors dropping in and dropping out all the time. It was just too good to be true. So finding this base where we felt comfortable and at ease, we felt the confidence to buy a house. So having made that decision, we just hired a car, drove round, having discovered the 7% tax zone and couldn't believe how lucky we were. Really, very, very fortunate. Um, and it fits all our boxes. But we are more rural people. We're not towny people. So it's very important to explain to people that the area I'm speaking about, although it is a, a very lovely little community, and a very old community, it has a beautiful little square, it has the market. I was at the market the other day, and you can see the market, you can see the sea from the market, oh which goodness. is quite exceptional. Um, a beautiful, clean little square, all the locals gathered there, there's the little coffee shops, there's all the usual that you would expect, the patisseries, the butchers everything we're doing our house up there's everything here that we could possibly need a car is almost essential that is the only downside we've now just purchased electric mountain bikes and we're doing quite a bit of journeying on them now we have a little dog so we have bought a cart the cart will also carry 20 kilos so we're planning to do some shopping with that as well <laughs> so we're just trying to make the best of what we have um, and realize that you know eventually transportation could be our little downside so by trying to keep fit we do appreciate that for us yes we are a couple of miles from the actual town center however you can buy much closer if that's what you want you can buy right on the seafront if that's what you're looking for Property start, I looked last week for you, 17,000. <laughs> oh you can buy God. a property for 17,000. <laughs> God bless Sicily. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's really amazing. So that would be a town centre property, um, perhaps no garden, but with parking. And then you would move into the countryside where you'd probably pay between 80 and 120 for a detached villa with a few olive trees and, you know, a, a few little exceptional things like that. The closer to the seafront you go, expect to pay more. Um, a, a seafront villa you will buy one for two hundred thousand, i would imagine from what i've seen you can also go and spend a couple of million if you want there are some fabulous places <laughs> but the countryside those. here the countryside here is quite exceptional um we're very lucky it's not far to donna Fogata where there is a small train station so you can get about about how close to that train um station? it's probably about 10 kilometers from santa croce Okay. We also have Camiso Airport mm. as well as Catania. So Camiso Airport is 20 minutes in the car from Santa Croce. Catania is an hour, an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. I, but, haven't, I haven't even heard of Camiso no, Airport. No, I've only looked very recently okay. um, because it does stop flying a lot during the winter months. It's very okay. busy during the summer yeah. because, of course, it's here on the southern coast of Italy. So it's a little bit closer to Agrigento and, you know, areas a little further towards the west. So it's it's a good little airport from what we can gather. We don't, I'm not 100% sure where and to it doesn't fly, but we are aware it is increasing. They've recently said there are going to be more flights, for instance, to the UK. So obviously we've taken a little bit not more notice of that. But it's certainly one that could be growing a little bit and might be worth other people having a look at. I would imagine that the internal flights will go from Camiso to Catania to Palermo. There must be internal flights as well. You're about four hours from uh, Palermo, Palermo. Airport Yes, there. it's four yeah. hours to Palermo. When we first came out here, we had a motorhome. So we would drive, the first winter, we drove back to the UK to see family, taking in all of Europe on the way back, which was wonderful. We just did what we could before the dreaded Brexit. <laughs> that was fabulous. But being able to drive to Palermo, pop on a ferry, go to Sardinia, then another ferry, drive down Sardinia, another ferry to Genoa. Wow. No. Doubt. It is well placed. We've also gone, we've also taken the ferry from near Catania, from Messina, in the Messina Straits. There is a ferry. It's also amazing. You can actually get on a train and the train takes you across <laughs> on the ferry. It's quite an interesting And on to place. Rome, right? And on to Rome. And I think on to right, Rome. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not a it's not as far away and as isolated an island as a lot of people think. It only takes a couple of hours. The trains on the south of Italy, on the south of Sicily, I beg your pardon, are fantastic. This is great information, Kim. 
You can catch a train from Catania to, let's say, Milazzo. It's an hour and a half and about nine euros. <laughs> and from Milazzo, you can catch ferries to all the Aeolian islands. So you've got Stromboli, Lipari, um, all the little tiny islands out there. They're all accessible by ferry and only a couple of hours. It really is quite a special place. Definitely. It's really won our hearts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't think I don't think about all that interconnectivity being so easy to accomplish from Sicily and and the area that you're yes. in. Yeah, that that's yeah. shocking oh, to me. It's, I mean, it was a surprise to us when we arrived because we thought, well, what are we coming to? But yeah. it was a safe place for the boat. Then we just started to explore, and we just totally fell in love with the place. Huh. So Trapani also has an airport. So okay. you've got Palermo and Trapani on the west north northwest coast. So there are more airports. Okay. I believe there are four. Okay. So it's it's not bad at all for such a small island. Yeah. Can you give us an idea what it might cost from the Catania airport to get outside of Italy? Have you guys have you guys flown those routes just to get out of Italy from Catania? We've only flown to the UK. Um, we can get flights for as little as thirty four euros to oh, the yeah. UK. Yeah. And it's a matter you're... of timing. And just looking. Also, you can get flights for as little as 20 euros to Rome. <laughs> so from Rome, you have far more options. Definitely. <laughs> it really is far more accessible than a lot of people realize. Yeah. Well, I read So that... I have a friend recently who flew, flew to Rome before going on to the UK. She found that it, the destination was better. And she said it was such an easy, quick flight. It was wonderful. Yeah. You're really opening my eyes for certain on, on in terms of connecting. And inexpensive. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk Good. about that. You mentioned all the services in your little village. You said butcher, you said, you know, mm. market, et cetera, et cetera. I'm assuming all the things that you need for life would be in that little village. All, and... all the things you need for life. Yes. We're, we've bought a property which needs quite a lot of work doing to it. And we're doing it ourselves slowly. There's mm-hmm. ironmongers, there's builders, merchants. There are people who steal, fabricate. There is car workshops. There is, you know, everything. That, there's even a forklift truck center where you can go and hire a forklift <laughs> truck. So for a, for a small town, it's very, very well catered for. You can buy clothes. There are several boutiques. My watch broke. Well, I thought I needed a new watch two days ago, for instance. So I went into the town, went to a super little chap there who deals with all kinds of watches left him my watch and I went back for it he said it's not the battery battery it's blockada and he said come with me we just walked down the street went into another little door there was a guy there who was a watchmaker and he was sat there at nothing but a table with all these specialist glasses all these tiny little components of watches he took my watch off me and said give me two weeks I'll whatsapp you you know (laughs) wrote me a receipt out obviously i just didn't expect such a level of service when you walk around the villages it's quite amazing actually what is going on in the back streets there are many people who may be doing some form of fabrication in a garage and they're running it as a business but you could maybe get some stainless steel welders i mean we know all these interesting things from the boat because obviously we have a lot of things break on the boat and you need people who can do machinery turning for metal parts and things like this no problem everybody knows somebody you ask in the local bar can you recommend a mechanic? What's the problem? Oh, it's diesel turbo. Ah, oh, yes. My brother. I mean, it really is that amazing. Wow. You know, everybody knows somebody that can solve a problem for you. So that is what made the transition very easy for us. It was all explained so well and so clearly by the locals. As soon as you needed anything. All right, we didn't speak Italian. We still don't speak very good at all. But with the aid of Google Translate, and we are well welcomed here without sort of putting a a, a sort of a slanted edge on this. There are a lot of people here who come to work in the greenhouses from Africa and Tunisia. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of people here who come here to work. And there are a few of the old Sicilians who are a little racist, Mm. but they don't seem to have that feeling with us because we're not taking work. I think this is the fundamental difference. Hmm. When you come here to retire, you're not taking work. You're bringing, okay. you're bringing, you know, new knowledge, more money to a, a depressed area. Hmm. And I think a lot of the 7% towns from what I can gather, that is why this incentive was brought. So it's no good coming with rose colored glasses and expecting everything to be absolutely tremendously beautiful. You can't have everything. 
Mm -hmm. And I think if people have this a natural expectation that, of course, there are going to be poor areas. Every area has its problems, but there are always ways around this. There are always solutions. And we absolutely adore it. That is wonderful. I am sorry about the dual status there with immigration, which... A lot of people have actually commented and made me aware of that is that is yes. to have to deal it's, with that. I'm afraid they do have to deal with it. And I'm afraid it's getting yeah. to be worldwide. And whilst I am yeah. rather upset by it, it's, yeah. it, is a, it is a sad fact. But nobody is being treated rudely. Okay. Interesting, too, that you said that that might be in the older generation. Yes, it is. That kind of thought process was maybe more um, commonplace and accepted, whereas hopefully new and younger generations. I know I learned from my kids. My kids exactly. are in their 30s. I've learned so much from them in terms of inclusion in the world. And hopefully these younger generations in Italy are also helping. I'm believing so. So many of them work amongst one another and they they pick up Italian, fluent Italian, within two or three weeks. You know, they are so determined. They're basically good people. They're nice people. And the youngsters are fine with them. I think it is just the, the older ones. So yeah. not, that yeah. could be in every country. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think we definitely see that trend here in the U.S. Yeah. Thank goodness for, for open and, and young minds that do show us exactly. the light sometimes, huh? Absolutely. I, yes. Now, what about English speaking immigrants in terms of a support group or, you know, friendships there? It sounds like you are, you're, in, you're very well welcomed by the Italian population. Are you making friends with them? And also, do you have the ability to make friends with English speaking people too? Because I think that's going to be an important component for our life. Yes, that's the easiest thing for us is the English speaking. Mm -hmm. Because Marina de Ragusa has the huge marina and people from all over the world actually keep their boats there over the winter period. And of course, people are dropping in throughout the summer. So the restaurants, there are fabulous restaurants and bars all around the marina very, very beautiful, well presented, clean, tidy. It's quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's but it's a very touristy area in the middle of the summer. Yeah. So you a lot of people will perhaps prefer to be a little back. But when it's only, you know, a few kilometers from here, in winter it's fabulous. So there are so many English speaking people here all the time. We do have friends, quite a few friends here who are here full term. So through good old Facebook, we've met quite a few of them. We have a great social life. Too busy sometimes, I have to confess. <laughs> sometimes it's my husband says, are we staying in tonight? Yes. So, <laughs> yes, it is amazing. You may remember our first uh, podcast interview. I said, oh, I'm ever so sorry. It's Friday evening. Friday evening is a big going out evening here. <laughs> it's a big meet for us. Yeah. So this is, this is the life we have. We can go into the marina at any time and speak to English-speaking people, because most of the people here are from the Med, from America, Canada. They all speak English. Okay. So it's very fortunate for us that we have this really, you know, big connection with them. So any time of year, there are one or two coffee bars. You can wander into there, and you will find English-speaking people. It's quite surprising. Hmm. And, of course, the staff in the bars are beginning to pick up English as well. They're very welcoming because they've realized that all the English speaking people all have brought this whole new camaraderie and great friendship. And we gather in very large groups, which obviously (laughs) is very good for local business. (laughs) So that helps. That helps enormously. Our neighbors immediately to either side of us with our house. They appreciate that we don't speak fluent Italian. They do try with us and we try with them. They're very sociable. They're very friendly. And we were amazed that our first um, season here, we moved in in uh, January and Easter was their first big celebration. And they made special uh, Sicilian treats for us. And they came with handmade things. You see them come and have a coffee with us. The lady bakes all the time. So she's always making these treats. Wonderful. We have your young couple at the other side of us. They're doing their property. So there's great. There's something to share with everybody. We all live down this fairly quiet little lane, but everybody seems to be doing the houses up. Quite a few houses have sold down here recently. The multi, the Maltese are realizing that it's only an hour to hour and a half to Malta on the ferry. Oh my and we goodness, have a lot that's of Maltese. Connection. Yes, it's 50 miles to Malta. So if you go to Pasalo, which is 45 minutes um, car drive, you can get on the ferry and go to Malta and you can go for a day shopping and come back. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 
<laughs> and of course, Malta is famous for many English products. They have Marks and Spencers and a lot of the brands and the products that we know. Okay. So a lot of English people do appreciate Malta. But again, of course, so do Americans and Canadians because they understand everything. You can go into a shop, you understand everything that's written, everything that's spoken to you. So many people in Malta speak English. Well, so. I think Malta is also becoming quite famous for having an ER, or not an ERV, but having a visa that's attainable. Yes. <laughs> for English speaking yes, people. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's yes. topping the list lately. So, yeah, yes. I could absolutely see that's that um, Malta and Sicily yeah. would have a lot of back and forth for Italophiles. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned restaurants. Let's step back for a second and talk about cost. That's something I think people should be aware of, aware of when we talk about Marina di Ragusa and Santa Croce Camarina. We might be talking about two different economies because in the 1990s, it, Marina di Ragusa was discovered. Before that, it sounds like it was not even on the travel radar list. And now it's a hotspot. And with that, of course, comes higher prices where you found a little slice of heaven in and amongst these areas that, you know, costs have risen. You found a little slice of heaven where costs were still low. So let's compare a little bit. Uh, restaurant mm. prices, maybe. Um, I mean, I think everybody knows that a coffee in Italy is, is inexpensive regardless of where you go. What are restaurant prices like comparatively between Marina di Ragusa and Santa Croce Camarina? Santa Croce Camarina doesn't particularly have very many restaurants. It only has a couple. Okay. There are many bars takeaway foods there is a kebab house <laughs> there are many pizza places it is not a great restaurant area however just slightly outside there are plenty of restaurants i don't think there is a massive difference i would say maybe 20 percent mm. i personally don't find in marina de ragusa the restaurants are astronomically expensive oh, wow. it isn't that bad at all um, you could go and have a non-pizza meal, let's say. Um, so we, we're looking at chicken or we're looking at uh, some, some sort of form of fish, not the higher end bracket. So you could have a, a starter, a, a choice of a couple of things for two or three people. You could have a bottle of wine. You could have a main course, 100 euros probably. That, but it's the wine that is the expensive. Oh, what? It's the wine. It's the wine here. Really? Now, this is quite alarming. Yes. Now and again, we'd like to go out for pizza. So we can go out easily and get a pizza, even in Marina de Ragusa, eight to nine euros. No problem. You mm. ask for a bottle of wine with it. Do you do house wine? No. And they start at 35 euros for a bottle of wine. What? So in Sicily here. What's going on? Silly. I have no idea. I have no idea. That is the silly thing. So if you go into a more of a pizza place that does takeaway as well as dining in, you can buy a bottle of wine for nine euros. Okay, that sounds big difference. <laughs> so this is this is it. This is the the, the more real. Actually, going into Ragusa Iblia itself, my favorite restaurant. It is absolutely incredible and amazing. They serve all local produce, mm. and it is inexpensive. Mm. So you can go into areas and discover quite surprising places. And yet there are others which are really, for us, we consider them off the scale. We are mm. used to traveling all over and eating out most evenings when we're sailing. And we can eat out in most areas at the local tavernas and things like that in the quieter areas. 30 euros will buy us a liter of wine and a main course each. Absolutely. So, you know, there are these places that can be found. Um, but Santa Croce itself is a very small working town, but it does have absolutely everything, but it's not famous for restaurants. Okay. There are uh, fabulous, you know, the, the local bakers, there's the fabulous breads. There are so many little places that seem to specialize in one or two things as well, mm. which is quite amazing. So for the festivals, they do specialist products and you can get anything that you would like to celebrate the time in the little town of Santa Croce. Talk to us about the festivals, too. I want to know about your local festivals. OK, well, there are festivals which are <laughs> local, sort of quite specialized where they are. There are little feasts. So it may be for a different um, a local saint and the house will put on a spread that other people will come and bring foods in. Now, this is all absolutely dressed up beyond belief. You're talking about the baked bread that's five feet high and looks like a sheaf of wheat. What? And it'll all be decorated. It's crazy. And this is just in somebody's house. So you go in their front room and you view it and there is tastings of food in front. So you will take a little and then you will move on to the next house and they will showcase something else. It could be the local pork, the local focaccia, and you taste a little. The atmosphere is quite eccentric. Don't expect bangs and whistles and flutes and things in Santa Croce. It's very low key. 
but it's very heartwarming and it's very, I don't know, there is just such a feeling about it. They also have a little Christmas market effect. All the lights are on. They put all the lights on in the streets. Everybody comes out. There are stalls selling, you know, chestnuts and whatever you would want. There is, you know, there's the usual tap stalls. But it is an occasion. There's also, they have quite a few of these little local feasts. But it's more for the religious people where they understand what is going on. There is always somebody on Facebook explaining this is happening in so many weeks. So the local paper, the local IT, they explain a few things. So you really do have to be sort of in it to get to know about these things. They're not widely advertised, but once you get here and you're welcomed into the community, they tell you, are you coming here on such and such a day? You must come and see this. This is very special. It's, you know, it's hard to get a grasp on them. We've only been here two years, but they definitely occur. Now, if it's bangs and whistles and the carnivals you want, oh, you're only talking an hour and a half on a bus. There's a local campsite here that has a bus and they collect people on the coach. So the people from the marina can get on this coach. So that just shows you one thing that you wouldn't know about unless you were here. <laughs> and it goes straight to one of the festivals. So we've just had the Day of the Dead, which I haven't seen any Facebook posts for it this year, but there are festivals that do happen. I think Palermo does a massive one hmm. for the Day of the Dead. So it's the Old Hallows. Easter here is absolutely manic. One hour away, you could be in Shikli, where they carry this huge statuette of the Madonna, and it must take 20 men, and they're trying to carry it down these stairs, which are thronged with thousands of people. And it's such an event and such a thing. The atmosphere is just mind-blowing. But that happens every Easter at several of the churches. And there's quite a few along the coastline which do this special thing. Also, in March, we went to a horse festival. Wow, that was something else. Horse the festival. horses are dressed in wire, in wire cages with flowers that depict stories. And again, we're going back to the very religious they're depicting stories of Joseph and Mary and the whole thing is just beyond belief. <laughs> but this this moves from town to town. So these horses, they have these fresh flowers. They're made with fresh flowers. So sometimes they have to replace the flowers. It's such a spectacle, but it does move from town to town in Sicily. So in Sicily, it doesn't really matter where you go. You have every chance of seeing these things and the huge puppets and the floats, the colourful floats where there's all the puppetry and it moves. Oh my God. You know, it's just, it's incredible. We're really hoping to get to see a couple of those this year because we've been affected by COVID. We were all lined up to go COVID hit. Then after COVID, we've had a year where nobody was doing anything like that. We're just yeah. beginning to build back up. So I can see it's going to be immense again. You live in so, Narnia. Yeah. <laughs> You I absolutely do, live in Narnia. Yes. I think I do, actually, yes. fabulous. <laughs> absolutely fabulous. You mentioned the bus that's obviously specific for those festivals, which is great organization because your people can drink wine and you don't have to worry about them being crazy on the road exactly. and, and going home afterwards. But yeah. how's best service in general from Santa Croce to the area? I realize you're a little bit outside and you'd have to get to town probably to catch a bus. How is how is bus? You would have to get into the town to catch the bus. There is a bus station there. And you can catch buses to several areas from there. The predominant one being Ragusa, because from Ragusa, you can catch a train. So you can catch a bus to Catania, any of the directions, Palermo. So once you get into Ragusa town itself, that is the actual centre nucleus of this area. Okay. So there are buses. Indeed, they will go to Jella, they will go along the coastline, Syracuse. So again, you're going along the coast in the opposite direction. So east or west, you can go or you can go inland to Ragusa and change buses at Ragusa. And from there, you can actually go anywhere. The network is massive. Okay, that's just awesome. All right. What about healthcare? What do you know about healthcare in the area? Have you guys had to access it at all? I know um, you guys switched oh, yes. your driver's licenses just by trading them in because you were so lucky in that time frame to be able to do that, which Americans need to know they're not going to get to do. Canadians need to know they're yes. not going to get to do it. They're going to take Yeah, we managed it in the time frame, and the time frame now has been extended for Brits mm -hmm. till the end of December. So we have a friend that's currently applying and time is getting very short. Okay, but this going is back 2023. To the healthcare, yeah. yeah, healthcare. Yes, this is 2023. Mm -hmm. So they have been moving the goalposts for quite a, quite a while. So I find that in that respect, they have been quite lenient. Okay. So it's quite surprising. Some things feel like a terrible battle with bureaucracy. Then all of a sudden there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Hmm. 
So healthcare. The first year you will move here, if you were retired, you would need to pay into the voluntary contributions, which are about 387 euros for a year. That's your first year. Now, a lot of people, if they arrive, let's say in September and they're in good health and they have, say, some health insurance when they arrive, which I believe to get residency, you have to have health insurance before you arrive. Mm -hmm. So if that health insurance, say you arrived the perfect time to arrive would be September because from September, your own healthcare would take you to the end of the year and the healthcare here starts in January and ends in December. Okay. So it's pretty much, so when you're a voluntary payer, you have to pay on the 1st of January. Okay. So it's pretty much like the tax situation. Sort of from the middle of July, try not to get enrolled in the tax or the health system until the January. You'll save yourself a few pennies if you can actually do that. I see. So come equipped with healthcare and be prepared to start it in January. That's the best bit of advice I can give anybody. Thank trying you. Trying to save a bit of money. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So your second year, your first year, if you are retired and not drawing a pension, this is what I'm explaining at the moment. We're not drawing a pension. I'm drawing a private pension, but not a state pension. Yes. So therefore, the state will not pay for my pension here. I have to pay voluntary. Your healthcare, you mean? Yes, for the healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. So because the UK, we have paid as I assume that most Americans have paid into the health system. So you should be able to carry those contributions towards your health care here. Is this correct? We don't get to. Nope. You don't get to do <laughs> Medicare. That. No, as a matter of fact, if we let our Medicare go and we repatriate back to the United States, we get penalized. So um, oh, no. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. If you're well, not 100% certain that you're going to stay in. Yeah. So many yeah, apologies, apologies need there. to be made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, can only, I can only speak for Brits, I'm afraid. So we have to give our accounts over and explain what our income was, which is passive income. They then take a percentage of that income towards the healthcare, which is usually about 0.76%. So for anybody else that's in our situation, that is what you would be paying. However, it's going to be very good for some people. I'm sure that you've read this last couple of weeks, there seems to be a new rule coming in where everybody will pay 2,000 euros per year. Per person. Per person per, per person. year. Yeah. yeah. And the argument has been, and, and of course, it's not it's not written in stone yet. No. It's, it's projected that this is what is being discussed, et cetera. But what I'm hearing is that the 2,000 euros will be per person. One expert, uh, Gareth Horsfall, who we'll be talking to pretty soon on a podcast interview, is feeling that that would replace the current percentage. So, for instance, an American or a Canadian, we pay a percentage of our income to be covered in Italy. Yeah on the ERV. So it would be, it would replace that he's feeling. Of course, we don't have a word on that for sure. Hopefully not in addition, because that would be astronomical, really, comparatively. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that the thing to recognize here is that this might actually be a break for high income people, which is just mind boggling. Yes. It's like, how did Italy overlook that? I'm sorry, but I think yes. that is an oversight. Um, they're going to actually have a break. Too on on healthcare whereas uh, so on italian that the middle class and lower lower income earners would actually then carry the you know the, the greater burden on that i don't i don't understand that so perhaps that'll no be i don't understand that no yeah no, no. but yeah. the healthcare itself i can report i've had a new hip ah congratulations an italian hip thank you oh, yes italian yes. hip yes congratulations yes absolutely. i love this though um, because this is the big stuff that we need to know about i, I understand that there's great it. ophthalmology there's great you know other things but we need the big stuff so tell yeah. me yeah we okay so in ragusa we have we're very lucky we have one of the best doctors in uh, italy one of the mm. best in sicily for hips knees and shoulders <laughs> um there is a private clinic and of course like most countries would do you can be referred to the private clinic and your health cover pays the bill Wow. So I had a new hip. I went to my doctor in November and explained I'd been lame all year. Whilst we were sailing, I'd got progressively worse and I was in agony. Hmm. Uh, he asked a few questions. I think you need a new hip. I will refer you. So I went to see the specialist. I paid 130 euros for an initial consultation. Mm -hmm. He sent me for an x-ray. He said, yes, you need a new hip. In February, I had a new hip. Wow. From November to February. And this wow. busts all those exactly. myths that socialized healthcare, yes. you know, leaves you suffering for years and years on a list yes. somewhere. This is Sicily, folks. Listen up. This is Sicily. Mm -hmm. Well, I probably think perhaps it's because it's not so overpopulated at the moment. 
Hmm. We have had friends who have had other issues. We had a friend who had a fall and broke his back. Hmm. Um, and he went to Catania um, Hospital, which is only an hour and a half away for the best care he could have had in a week. Hmm. A week later, he was sent home. Wow. I mean, this is amazing. They operated on his back. He had to lay flat, but they sent him home and he was allowed to convalesce. Hmm. Um, and within about four or five weeks, he was walking again. That's amazing. So, you know, it, it was pretty good, pretty good coverage over here for health issues. There are many little ambulatory uh, areas that you can go to. So if you have an emergency, there are lines you can phone them on. They have an ambulance there. They can be out within, we have put a five minutes away from the Marina de Ragusa where they have one. We're about three minutes from Santa Croce where they have one. Okay. So if you have a medical emergency, even in quite a remote area, you're not far from an ambulance being able to come. And most of the time you drive past these places, the ambulances are always there. They're on standby. <laughs> there are two or three drivers. You don't need to be fearful coming here. <laughs> there are many doctors who speak English as well. Oh, that's really important. So you don't have to have a, a doctor. Your own local doctor doesn't necessarily have to be in your town. <laughs> you can have a doctor in another town. You do sometimes may have to go and see him, but nearly all the local doctors also work in these uh, Guardia de Medica centers. So when I want to see my doctor, I send him a WhatsApp. When are you next in town? And he tells me, and I just go down there and see him there. Okay. So... It's actually much easier than the UK where you would make an appointment and wait three weeks. Oh, three weeks is pretty good. <laughs> uh, is it? Oh, yeah. Well, compared can... to what I'm dealing with in Denver. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can have an appointment within two or three days. Huh, that's just amazing. And, and, and if I need an emergency appointment, I just get straight over there. Okay. It's wow. not a problem. Yeah. And, and taxes, there are only a few taxes locally, but they're not expensive. I'll give you an example. It's um, from Marina de Ragusa to Catania Airport. It's 100 euros. Okay. So if you divide that by two or three people, right. you know, so for an emergency long distance travel in a taxi, it is not over the top. Yeah. So yeah. And if it's you not did have an you'd absolute. It's not something you would be doing all the time. Yeah. No, yeah. no, absolutely yeah. not. And in a true emergency, yeah. the, I'm sure the ambulance is taking you and that's oh, actually free. <laughs> that's the thing. That's actually free. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And as opposed to here in the US, I, I keep having to bash it. Sorry, because it is a very emotional topic for me. But not only do we get, you know, does our insurance pay an exorbitant amount for an ambulance ride, but in our area, there are no ambulance services that actually contract with our with any insurance company because they can charge what they want. So you get a surprise bill wow. and it just goes on and on. Yeah. And, a, and trust oh, me, hundred euros yes. would look like a treat compared to the surprise bill that you get. Yes. Times 15. Yeah. <laughs> mm -mm. Yes. I, I can understand that. We do yeah. actually have friends here. They're from Texas. Huh. Um, and they have also got residents here on their boat. Oh, so cool. they can stay on their boat. So absolutely fine. No problem. Huh. And their health cover, I thought it was extremely expensive, but they are quite wealthy. Mm -hmm. And when they explained to me what they were paying in the States, it, it is a percentage. It's about 15% of what they were paying in the States. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, wow. Number yeah, one reason for bankruptcy in, sen in seniors in America. Yeah, we take care of our people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep. Sadness. Well, I'm glad to hear that you've had such great experience in healthcare there. That's one of those myths that, um, you know, one of the reasons that I started the podcast is because you're on the expat sites and they're, you know, they're huge ones that are old, there are new ones, there are so many different nuances to all the groups, but over and over and over again, you hear the same thing repeated, but never seemingly by anybody who has firsthand experience. I'm going to say with the exception of one woman, in Calabria, who was pretty honest with me about being unhappy with her health care there, one specific circumstance. Everybody else that I talk to now on the podcast, I get first person reports, and none of them are dismayed about the healthcare situation that they have in areas that are reputedly, you know, really poor yes. for healthcare. So I'm, I'm excited to hear these reports. It's very uh, heartening. They're very, yes, they're very proactive as well. With We get a, a letter to invite us for checks. So we've had uh, letters for colon cancer, for breast cancer, for had to have the mammogram, all the basics that you would expect 
that you might have to wait a long time for, here, they will write to you and say, it's time you, you came in. <laughs> I've only been here two, two years and me and my husband have had everything checked. Yeah, yeah. And that just inclusive. shows modern proactive medicine. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which, yeah. yeah, which is so important. And I honestly think when we talk about longevity of life in Italy, I do think that part of it is the accessibility and the proactive uh, stance of healthcare. Yeah, I agree. So how do immigrants in your area age? Are you aware? This is one that a lot of people don't actually have um, experience with yet, because in truth, the English-speaking immigration wave might be newer than would, would allow people to have a whole lot of contact with people who are aging there. Maybe yes. in another 10 or 15 years, we'll see a wave, and that might be what the current Italian government is worried about. Yes. But um, do yes. you see people aging who are immigrants from other areas, and how are they doing that? Nursing homes, facilities, yes. at home? Mm. We have friends who, um, unfortunately, uh, there's a few people on boats who are quite ill, and they've lived there for several years and never left the marina. It offers a cheap uh, housing option for a lot oh. of people. Mm-hmm. It's quite, you know, it's quite an inexpensive, a lot of boats sail many miles, uh, then they need an awful lot of maintenance. But when they've lived on them, they can become a home. Mm-hmm. So there are a few people here. So I have seen it. We have a, a couple of uh, people here. One guy, unfortunately, is, uh, is very near end of life. Mm-hmm. He's still on his boat. He does have care. It's care that to a degree he is having to pay for, but it is not at all expensive. People work here for 40 euros a day. Wow. Wow. That's the difference. And that's on the legal market? Is that on the legal market? Yes, it seems to be. That's crazy. It seems to be. I have friends who work work in the polytunnels, uh, work in bars. The wages are very low. Evidently. The wages are very low. And it must be legal. I mean, I don't understand the ins and outs of it because obviously I'm, I'm not knowledgeable enough to ask too many questions. Yeah. But a care worker has been visiting this guy on his boat every day. His wife is still alive. They're both in the late 80s, but he has limited abilities. Mm-hmm. They have somebody to go and clean for them and 20 euros for five hours cleaning. Wow. Huh. So it's a matter of getting into the community, getting to know people. There are plenty of young people here who have two jobs. Um, whilst the I, it's, it's, necess- it's necessary for them. If we're in a fortunate position, there's no way we're going to try and abuse their good nature. And therefore, by being very open with them and being generous where we can, mm-hmm. they're far more likely to come forward and help you. Mm-hmm. And you'd be very surprised how many will come forward and assist for free. Oh, my goodness. We have, a, we have a local friend here. Everybody that comes who is struggling with the permesso de Sojourno, the carta de Sojourno, the driving license, she knows somebody in the Questora. She knows somebody at the motorization. And she will open a door. That's amazing. She will open a door for you. <laughs> it is amazing. Yeah. So I think that being in smaller areas like this, where it is a little bit more, a little bit more rural and, and if I'm frank, old fashioned. Okay. I mean, you, okay. you struggle to get any response from anybody from emails. <laughs> if you go to a shop and they should be open at 3.30 and they don't feel like it, it may not open for the rest of the day. <laughs> you have to take these things on the chin a little bit. Okay. Most of the businesses are very good, but you do find one or two. We went to a glazier yesterday. Just another example of what's on the doorstep. We went yeah. to a glazier. The front door was locked. We rang the bell. There was no response. We got in the car to drive away, and I saw the glazier's van arrive. So we went up and said, Excuse me, aperto? Si, no problema. They were closed. He turned up 20 minutes late. (laughs) Sure. So it's... Mm, you have to get you have to get used to the steadier way of life and I was always really wound up by late timekeeping but out here no yeah yeah it's, and I, you I have think to that, accept it yeah, I think you know you don't get the La Dolce Vita without that side of it right the La Dolce Vita is the sweet life but it's also that is the slow exactly life. it the slow life it's, and we're we're the it uptight ones much, it is a much slower life yeah 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 I think it's that's... a much slower life you can't have one without the other. And there's there's purpose and meaning to living life slow. Exactly. Yes. 
you have answered so much. Oh, let's talk about weather and um, positions for natural disasters. Let's start with weather. Uh, what could people people expect there year round for highest highs and lowest lows? The lowest lows, the lowest we've seen is six, six degrees. The highest has been 40. Okay, so we're talking six is 42 degrees. And I'm sorry, you said 40 is the highest? Whoa, 40, that's hot. <laughs> we're talking well, over 100, yes. yeah, maybe 100. Uh, it can, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, we're talking about the heat wave of uh, this year and last year okay before then all the locals are saying it's never been this hot before in summer so i think it could be definitely we're seeing global warming from our sailing point of view the seas are so warm to still be swimming in 28 degrees of water in october insane. is you know yeah. ridiculous really it is insane so going back to living here this area it's so close to the beach mm -hmm. so many locals don't have a pool However, you can buy a pool. This is what I love about this place. There are secondhand selling markets. You can buy a pool that maybe somebody's had in an Airbnb place, a pop-up pool. Okay. You don't get taxed on it. Oh. Okay, you have to pay for the water, but you don't get taxed for it if it's a pop-up pool. Hmm. So you can leave it up till it dies. But the fact <laughs> is you've not dug a hole in the ground, and this seems to be the difference. So you can always buy a pop-up pool from about as little as 150 euros for, say, three meters by five. Okay. So if you have space for one of those, which a lot of the properties in this area have plenty of space, that is your go-to for cooling off in the summer. Yeah. In the winter, um, we've seen snow once, but we had to go to Ragusa. Now, Ragusa is 1,700 meters, uh, feet sorry, above sea level. We're only 200 and odd here. Okay. So actually, at Santa Croce, we're only 280 approximately okay. above sea level. In elevation. A lot of the properties have sea views. Mm. That's the beauty of here. So a lot of them have a sea view. So we go in the opposite direction to Ragusa. Expect it to drop between 5 and 10 degrees in a 20 kilometer from coast to the center of Ragusa, tw uh, 10 degrees it can drop as cold as. So again, in summer, it's cooler. Mm -hmm. We have a little more wind down here on the coast. We also have winds that come from Africa bring yellow sand or red sand. It's a little annoying, but at the end of the day, it's just dust. So we, it comes in the rain more than anything. There isn't a lot of rain. We tend to get bouts of rain. Last night, I got up in the middle of the night. I heard it raining. That's the first time it's rained since arriving back at our house on the 1st of October. And it rained for maybe two hours. Not even enough to water the fields. But it rained for maybe two hours. And it wasn't heavy. And it was warm. But there is little deposits of yellowy sand in it. And this is, this is what we see here. Now, Etna blows. But she's a, you know, a couple of hours drive from us. So when, when Etna blows, you can get ashes, but they're very, very far hard to find. On a boat, you can spot them because the boat is white. The, the dust is very fine. I don't think you would spot it in the house, but on the surface of a boat, we see it. We have a pagoda with a, a, a like a disused sailcloth top and dust, sand dust is gathering on there in the rain. And we will no doubt be getting a little Etna dust. We expect that. But the houses aren't particularly dusty or suffering from this. But that's the worst we see. There are no seismic issues, really. We have had one or two little rumblings, but nothing we've felt. People have reported them. Oh, there was one, you know, perhaps uh, Shikli or the other side of Ragusa. Mm -hmm. But no, no buildings come tumbling down. It's just the tiniest little bit of rumble. Nothing shakes. Nothing's terrifying. So we have been pretty good for the seismic issues in that respect. Flooding, only when it rains really hard, it'll come down the hills. We may get rocks washing, washed onto the road. Hmm. And it can be all hell let loose for an hour. And then it's gone. Okay. It's not that bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then fire. Sicily with the okay. heat rising and, and less rain has suffered fires what yes what's that like for you? um we have a friend who has an olive grove and he had three fires catch uh, three trees caught fire last year it didn't spread fortunately we're not aware of any big issues with fire in our region we're very fortunate 
we're very rich with olives. Mm. There's a lot of tomatoes under under greenhouse plastic. So we have a lot of plastic in the area. It's not unsightly. You don't tend to see it, which is the funny thing. Unless you are driving in that area and you suddenly realise you're in a maze of plastic, it's not something you come across. But it is a fair amount of the area is covered for the vegetation. It doesn't tend to get awfully dry here. So we're not aware of any wildfires starting we've traveled greece croatia all over and yes we've seen the fires that spark in the summer we haven't known of any being reported in the last seven years whilst we've been in the sicily area you may be in a real sweet spot there for that we may be yeah we may be you guys are also known for hothouse flowers that area is a yes 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 yeah it's the market when you go to the market there's always somebody selling the most beautiful exotic plants and flowers orchids Mm. seem to be in abundance um and they're not expensive of course because they're here yeah Crazy. What are the waves like at the beaches? And what are the beaches like? They're sandy, rocky, accessible, not accessible? Beautiful. <laughs> okay. What, like surfing? Sandy. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, we're very fortunate in Ragusa. We have an area where a lot of surfers come. So from one end of the beach to the other, there is a very long beach at Marina de Ragusa. Surfing can be, take place at one end. And then in the middle, it calms down. You get paddle borders. And then there is the swimming area. The beach is flat. There are a few rocks, but they've been placed there for protection from the sea. So it's it's not rocky. You can wander in with nothing on your feet. Beautiful into the water. Uh, Kasutsa is the seafront in front of Santa Croce. Kasutsa is more rocky, but there is plenty of places where you know you can see the locals are going in. It's not little rocks under your feet. It's not little stones. It is huge boulders. So just make sure that you don't go near the huge boulders. And that's absolutely fine. And then down the road, we have the place of Montalbano. So Inspector Montalbano. So that is awfully popular. Again, that has has a cracking beach again that you can swim off. Very sandy. That's what put Ragusa on the map for tourism. I forgot. I was (laughs) trying to remember what it was. Yes, it was. They they filmed a TV show or series or something about my husband. And I used to listen to those books when we were on driving trips. We we were very much in love with Inspector Montalbano. Montalbano. Yeah, the, the house that they used in that TV series is there. And so it's become like this. It's a hot spot for tourism, and that's what put Ragusa Blue on the map or yes. the marina. On yes. the, yeah, and that's, as you drive around, you see places where the series has taken place. His girlfriend in one episode lived in the other direction. The next seaside town is Donna Fugata. No, sorry, Donna Lucata. Donna Lucata has again a massive beach, and Donna Lucata has sand dunes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so it's really the most interesting coastline. Definitely. We have the Turkish steppes, which are amazing they are further towards uh, trapani but they're, they're the turkish uh, stones so it's um, a massive white area and it looks like steps of pure white stone it's incredible and people bathe on there all the time so this was built during a, a turkish occupation of the area or no i think it's natural stone oh i see they just call it that okay it's natural okay. stone and they call it that uh, okay it's amazing it's huh. amazing beautiful yeah, beautiful I did read that there are Greek and Roman ruins near Santa Croce Camarina. And then there's a really important Byzantine era Christian church, uh, 400 to 600 BC, something like that, that has crypts and a necropolis in that area. So you've also got the archaeological wonders. The archaeological wonders are amazing. Yes, it's not far to Agrigento where you have all the the uh, Greek temples. There's also a massive site, which was a a huge archaeological dig, which is the best mosaic, some say, in the world. Oh, my goodness. So there is so much to see. There is so much to see. Noto is absolutely beautiful. That's a fantastic town. And we've just been blessed with uh, visits from the likes of Madonna and Mick Jagger. (laughs) Oh, I thought he bought. (laughs) Didn't he buy recently? Yes. Yes, he bought. Yes. There goes the neighborhood, kids. The prices just ballooned. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Come on, get to move on. (laughs) Yep, yep. Yes, it's, it's, it's becoming increasingly popular. Yeah. It's becoming increase, increasingly popular. Uh, and it's Tawamina and Syracuse. There are so many places to visit. And all these places are accessible by buses, coaches, trains. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, yes, the churches are incredible. Everywhere you go, the churches are just stunning inside. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. And and I just cannot wait to visit that region. Pete and I were just, we, we focused on the eastern side, the Adriatic side in our visit recently. And primarily he wants to look at water and beaches. And though we enjoyed those areas, I think our, his second day on, on the, like in beach areas there, he brought me a list. He'd gone back to the Airbnb that night and had written up a, a list of beaches that he wanted to look at in Italy, which clearly were not that trip because they were almost all in Sicily and Sardinia. <laughs> so um, definitely we're going to have to go and explore those because yes. that's his criteria. And explore, and, and, yes. and my fear, to be completely honest, my fear has been accessibility because I don't know that we'll drive. I don't know that either one of us will ever master Italian to the point that we can pass yes. the test. And so accessibility and healthcare. Those are my two, other than my worries about achieving a visa, yes. the ER requirements seem to be changing. And that's a little scary too. But in terms of living there, those two things, and you have just absolutely relieved me of worries about those two things that I thought were setbacks. Well, yes, they are of major importance. I mean, the important thing I do want to stress is that we don't do these things every day. Most days you wake up in your house, you enjoy the feeling, the view, the ambience, you walk to the town, you have a coffee. Life is slow, so you don't do all this necessarily every day, but everything is attainable mm -hmm. close by. I would recommend electric bikes. I think that's a great idea. We've had bikes all the time we've been here, mm -hmm. which do restrict how far we can go because although they're only very gentle hills, they are still hills. Put on your little electric assist and you're away. <laughs> um, so yes, we're enjoying visiting the other towns along the seafront because the seafront's flat. So you can go from beach to beach. You can have, there's a, a particularly well-known restaurant in Scoglitty for fish and then on the way back there is another fantastic ice cream parlor we've got an award-winning ice cream parlor in Marina de Ragusa so you do see people there is a coast road specifically for, for bikes and walking oh, there is a promenade and it's miles long oh this is so important so to me it's fabulous people are there walking the dogs you know there are there's a few exercise things they're actually doing work near the marina at the moment to make the cycle path wider and put more access onto the beach where it's rocky. So they're building out platforms with steps for the for swimmers and they're doing an awful lot. That's fantastic. We're definitely putting this on our visit list because this is definitely very good. That, that <laughs> checks a lot of boxes. Thank you so much. You are yes. rich in information. <laughs> One thing that we didn't actually talk about is rent. <laughs> it's so easy when you fall in love with the idea of moving to Italy to go onto the sites and start looking at real estate and perhaps oh, to even be... Um, subject to maybe making some quick and perhaps not always so wise decisions oh, yes. in terms of that. Some people have really lucked out. I know a couple in Palignano Amari who say that they bought during the pandemic sight unseen a home and I've been in that home. They made a great selection, but I just can't imagine that all stories end that well. Um, so yes. <laughs> a, a lot of people say rent first. Do you have an idea, finger on the pulse of what rents are like in the area? If you're wanting a long-term rent, there are possibilities in the town. There are a few owners who are not wanting to do Airbnb. And this is quite a, a fortunate thing for people such as people wanting to come here. The tax that is going to be charged for Airbnbs is going up significantly. Hmm. A control, finally. So, finally. I love Airbnb, uh, yes. but they need to control yes, it. Yes, yeah. they do need to control it. So therefore, the an apartment to rent for a longer term, the prices seem to be coming down from what I've noticed. I have seen apartments for winter in Marina de Ragusa, which would normally be a thousand pounds a week in winter are 400 a month. That's amazing. Yes. And it's so warm here. It's so warm here, you know, so it's a good place to come for winter and have a good feel. So do you find those kinds of situations from word of mouth or are you finding those on site? To a degree, I'm understanding their availability from both points. Okay. Um, I sometimes have I've been asked to look for people on boats who are looking for somewhere to rent to be off the boat for six weeks because you're in a confined space. It's like living in a large caravan. So they would sometimes like to rent a house. So my local knowledge has helped immensely. So there's, you can't get away from that fact. But it's so easy to find this information here because the people are so friendly. There are also uh, real estate agents in the town. You can go and ask them. They always have a list of people who may not be renting their properties out at the moment, but they're available. So you go and ask and they will search people for you. So that has happened here as well. So the estate agents are fully aware of who normally just does summer Airbnb and who rents out permanently. Local houses, you can rent probably in Marina de Ragusa. I would 
would imagine from what I have seen and I have heard from around five to 600 per month long term. Okay. Wow. But don't expect the seafront. Okay. But still yeah. close. Yeah. I mean, my kids lived in Redondo Beach for a couple of years. He's military and they got stationed there and they just really lucked into an apartment. Literally, they opened up their front door and they were a block from, from Redondo Fabulous. Beach. Um, it was. Yeah. It was an incredible couple of years. It was a total dump an absolute dive for wow. an astronomical amount of rent. They were, But they figured this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It really is because the normal human cannot afford. Cannot <laughs> do that, yeah. Air water in the U.S., <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a huge draw for us. Yes, so, yeah, right. absolutely. Well, do you have some parting words of wisdom for people who are looking to follow in your footsteps? Things are changing. You know, the, the visa situation, certainly the very well-known attorney went on record with the local this year and said that he would not probably anymore try to help someone obtain an ERV with only rental income. With that being said, maybe some people, since he, he said that, have achieved that. But things are changing. Things are tightening. They want a more secure passive income. And they seem to want it each in some consulates in the U.S. and yes. Canada and London. Um, so yes. these are these are big changes. Um, recently, we had one of the biggest commercialistas, which is like a tax accountant, but more, who said that there's been some rumblings that the 7% might actually be on the docket to be yes. cut next year. And this is huge news, huge news to people. It Obviously, is. if you're already in, it would not be. I'm actually going to interview Paolo Rigo, I think in two weeks time, and I will get that out as quickly as possible because what he's talking about are rescue actions that people could take if they're in process already and how to secure that before the end of the year. Yes. Now, maybe that won't come to fruition. Things are changing. But what I'm hearing from you is that we could afford, if we can get there, if we can get the visa, we can afford to live in your area, even on a middle-class American passive income without the 7%. That's what I'm hearing from you. And that that's very encouraging. Do you have some words of wisdom, things that you would share with people? Give them a little, I don't know, wisdom and insight. <laughs> I would just say shop like a local. When you get here, <laughs> shop like a local. It's quite amazing how inexpensive it really truly can be. Maybe the same all over Italy, I have no idea. But because this is such a vast growing area, you can go to the local market, for instance, and you can buy a bag of about three to five kilos of, could be aubergines, it could be red peppers, it could be courgettes for a euro. Those of you who don't translate food, she just talked about squash, eggplant, <laughs> some other yeah. things. Oh, sorry. And tomatoes. <laughs> and tomatoes, yes, yes. So um, anything like that that's grown locally, it's here in an absolute abundance. Hmm. For example, today, I didn't go to the butcher. I just went to the supermarket and I picked up two fillet steaks, seven euros. Oh my goodness. Does this give you an idea? We go to the supermarket. They sell bottles of local wine, which is excellent. Oh. One and a half liter bottles, three euros 90. Oh, kill me now. <laughs> just kill me now. Oh my gosh, the wine. So, Yes, shop like a local. Okay. There are, if you are a wine connoisseur, there are fabulous wines and you may have to pay seven to 10 euros for a fabulous <laughs> bottle of wine. <laughs> oh I took great advantage of the wines in Italy. Yes. They're different. They hit me differently. I don't, I don't yes. have, I can, I can drink more in Italy than I can here, but I had to go to our little neighborhood, um, Enoteca, if you will, the little, little wine and liquor store um, that's kind of specialized and they have a, an Italian section. And I told them before I leave, I'm shopping cheap from you before I go, because I'm going to go there and shop much cheaper and drink better. And then I'm going to come back and tell you about it. So I, I was having my withdrawal. Yes. So I had to go buy a couple of bottles of wine. And, you know, it just kills me because, you know, I'm, I'm still way paying so much more. I'm paying like four times more than I would have in Italy and, and probably not having the, the quality here that I would have had there. And I'm sure that we're adding some things too. But yeah, you're so lucky. Yes, it's, it is amazing. Yeah. 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 But those, those are my words of wisdom. Just, just shop local. Don't have your expectations too high. If you're coming to a, an area which is a 7% area, they're not architecturally fantastic. They do have beautiful little areas. They've all got gorgeous little areas. They all have something to offer. But they're not Noto. They are not Modica. They're not absolutely outstandingly beautiful. The people are beautiful. The atmosphere is beautiful. The beaches are beautiful. The countryside is beautiful. Where we are, a traffic jam is sheep or goats. <laughs> <laughs> 
this this is our pace of life. They seem to have a lot of open grazing areas and they just walk the goats and the sheep and the cows from area to area. Mm. It's just so peaceful, but you do have to lower city type expectations. I do appreciate a lot of people are going to some very beautiful towns and having no idea what it's like to live in those towns, I can only tell it as it is here. It is not um, fantastic. It's not gilded. Um, it's It's quite... It's quite poor, but it's true and it's honest. The people are very welcoming and there are great, you know, there are great options here. If you want to go and have a fabulous night out and go to the theatre, go to the cinema, anything like that, a little bit more towny, I would call it. There are the places half an hour's drive or maybe 40 minutes on a bus. Yeah. It can be done. Totally done. There are a lot of local groups. Because it is a tourist area, this is one side that is beneficial in the winter. People organise things. There are hiking groups. So there are things happening all the time. Very cool. So it, it's, we feel so integrated here. And the beauty of the marina is every year there are new people here for the whole six months. So you don't get bored with people. You make new friends every year, <laughs> which is always exciting, meeting new people sure. and, and sharing things and sharing food from world, from all over the world. Oh. Because, you know, we have people from all corners of the world here that, that are actually living in this area. They all love dinner parties and, you know, just mingling with one another. You may not have restaurants from all corners of the world, but maybe you don't need it because you have actual people bringing that with them as they travel and That's you get right. to experience that. Wow. Yes, there is, a, there is a lot of that. But there are so many little cookery um, opportunities here. You can go and uh, have a little course to go and do um, uh, arancini, make your own arancini, mm. uh, things like this. There are little agritourism places where you can go and pick your own uh, tomatoes, then go and eat and they will cook for you, have a full meal. There's mozzarella buffalo farms. They're amazing here. The, yeah. the goats, there are so many goats and the cheeses, the local cheese. It's just, it just is incredible. Mm. So it can be done, but it is a little bit more laid back. Okay. Oh my goodness. Well, you have painted a beautiful picture. Santa Croce Camarina is definitely something that we need to go look at as well as the whole, that whole area. It sounds like there's so much to offer. Thank you so much for this very rich experience in sharing. You just really were prepared for this. <laughs> great job. <laughs> well, that's been Thank my you. pleasure. I wish I could share with more people and they could appreciate just what it's like. I am more than overwhelmed with your connectivity there. Literally did not expect that to be a part of this conversation to that degree so that is a huge thing yes, for me yes all right thank you Fabulous. so much kim let's keep in that's touch that's been my pleasure yes. yeah that'd be lovely nancy all right buona sera buona sera <laughs> ciao 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 if you enjoyed today's episode please like us and subscribe for more we will continue to explore regions towns taxes and tips here and on facebook at affordable italy living la dolce vita on a bootstring at Instagram under the same name and eventually italyisaffordable.com. If you know anyone who is living in Italy who'd like to converse with me, I'd love to meet them via my email, italyisaffordable at gmail.com. And now for that much anticipated limoncello. Chin chin! <laughs>